Welcome to a very special edition of Towel Light Talk. This is Casey. And this is Chris. And this is our very spoiler-filled review of The Last Jedi. Um, if you have not seen The Last Jedi, go see it. I mean, the movie's due to make about $225 million to 240 Um, So a lot of you have seen it, but um, <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled, do not listen to this episode. Come back with us later. Uh, yeah, okay, it says $220 million, So, um, yeah, so get ready, right? Let's let's get into it because I mean we got we've a lot been, to talk about. We've been waiting for this movie, and it did something that we uh, really weren't ready for. Yeah, I mean, as you can tell from the the title of the episode, it's called "You Must Unlearn What You Have Learned," which is Yoda's uh, wise words to Luke, and it's it's a good theme for episode eight. Uh, <laughs> Every everything that you thought was gonna happen isn't gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, before we even get into that, uh, we're recording this on the seventeenth, which happens to be Chris's birthday. This is his Christmas gift, <laughs> or uh, sorry, your birthday gift. <laughs> it's been my birthday gift for the last three years. Now they're gonna be switching it up to summertime for some reason. Well, so. just for just for a movie that no one cares about. Yeah, but I heard I heard episode nine is in the summer though. Mm. No, okay, excellent. They pushed it. They pushed it. Um, but they pushed it because JJ's got to rewrite the script with Chris Terrio. They they took Colin Trevorrow's script and fucking took a dump on it. So good. Um, but it also happens to be the birthday of Ryan Johnson. So you you share a uh, you share a birthday here, which awesome. is pretty cool. Yep, just found that out this week. Yeah. So happy birthday, Ryan Johnson. There you go. I'm, I'm sure Ryan's listening. <laughs> Oh, he will. I'm going to send this to him on Twitter. <laughs> um, so let's get into, uh, real quick, we both went to see it Thursday for showing 6 p.m., um, where you paid an extra $10 to go to a, to a fan event. You can't see us. I'm using air quotes because it, it was something that really just needs to be relegated for a, a Blu-ray extra or a, a YouTube spot where... They gave us uh, John Williams talking about scoring the film and John Williams scoring all the Star Wars films. Great. I'm never going to talk shit about John Williams. That's not no. going to happen. But we really were expecting, as you heard on our last podcast, we were really expecting to see some Han Solo footage. Some behind the scenes. A trailer would have been great. Um, if you listen to the Gourmet Scum radio episode where we talk about the last Jedi, uh, you'll Chris, other Chris works at AMC and the Han Solo movie posters are out. Um, they got them shipped. They're not on the wall yet, but they got them shipped in a, in a poster two that says red cup. So they are, they are out there. Um, in some places I saw on, on Instagram, people had it at their theater. So where's this trailer, you know, black Panther. That's February, dude. That's only three months. It comes out in May. I know. Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Before that, there will be some playoff games. Yeah, Super Bowl is like, yeah, it has to be because Super Bowl is early February. It would be the same thing. Sunday of February, yeah. If they do wait until February, I mean, people have short, you know, attention spans anyhow, so. They do, but it's just, 
No, I know. Really, I, know. I I was highly I was highly disappointed. I mean, yes, those tops cards are cool. Whatever, it's more Star Wars swag to throw into my pile. Um, yeah. Thanks for the free popcorn and soda. You know, I didn't touch a soda because I didn't want to take a pee into this entire movie. Yeah, I didn't uh, use those things. The popcorn I ate because actually I didn't have time to eat dinner before I went. So, man, but uh, we were having a discussion about these big blockbuster popcorn eating events. And uh, I I could hardly eat the popcorn during the movie because I was just so, uh, you know, sucked in by it. Uh, so, really... Uh, ten bucks. That was kind of just uh, just a word to the wise. Don't don't fucking do that to me again. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was it was. Don't toy with my emotions. <laughs> it wasn't really worth the extra ten dollars for a movie ticket. It was cool to get in an IMAX, but then I would have saw it in IMAX anyway. So, um, so let's get into. Let's do this. Let Let's get into who maybe kind of like where the movie started off a little bit and okay. what characters um, we met in the movie. And, and then we'll just kind of go off from there. So um, the movie takes place immediately after the force awakens. Um, and our, our normal crews back Poe, Ray, Finn. Um, and we got some, we got some newbies as well, but like, let's, why don't we break down the characters okay. um, a little bit and um, let's start off with, Let's see who's the first character that we meet in this in this one. It's Poe, isn't it? Or Leia? Uh. No, I think it might even be like, is it Hux? I think is the first person we meet, and then we meet Poe. Oh, that's right, because they're they're coming down and thinking they're all big and tough. And let me just say real quick, and maybe this will lead in. Maybe this will go off on another tangent, but it starts off with the episode four crawl, like it matched a new hope and the music matched a new hope. Um, and obviously, you know, going down, panning down after that, which I thought was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Like <laughs> you got, you got that. And, um, you know, I guess let's just stay on this for a second. Cause we talked about the fan event talking about John Williams. W- what did you think of the score? You know? Oh my God. I, the score was, the score was hard to, get a real grasp up during the movie because there were so many like jaw dropping events. I mean, it played in very well. Uh, but I listened to it this morning while writing this outline and it's just, it's fantastic. It's, it's amazing. Let me say, this is what I, I was thinking as much as I like the score, did it do anything new? Because the only new pieces of music that I could pull out were Rose's theme and then there was a part at the end where Luke comes, like walks out and like that yes. music is like some of the best fucking music I've ever heard. Like that's a superhero theme. But like, other than that, it was really just Jedi theme, race, yeah. uh, Leia's theme, like Han and Leia's theme. And like, it didn't for me do anything new. It's, it's not meant to. Um, and it, you know, that little thing with John Williams before the movie, he even says it. He says, you know, I, I took the old themes and I built them into these, these, these new, these new songs. And so that you would get a feel of the old with the new. Um, but <clears throat> listening to it this morning, there is so much of the old, but I think that just, that brings you back to the importance of, you know, you got the Leia theme, you got like the Jedi theme 
And as you're bringing in Leia and Luke and growing those characters in this movie, it's it, it is important to keep those themes. Now we get the other the new themes that were, you know, made for the the uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah. So, I mean, those themes are there, and that's I mean that's that's what Star Wars is. I feel like sometimes, um, as much as John Williams, as you know, evolved like with the original trilogy, those were all built on upon each other as well. Yeah, I guess I just think like as far as literally new music. Yeah, the Canto Bite is amazing when you listen okay, to it. So was that, because that's like a can, uh, cantina. Yeah, it's song. Okay, but it's super um, jazzy. It is when shit. you listen to it by itself. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, well, I, I remember like smiling at, at during the movie because it was like I was like, man, this is this is another another hit. <laughs> so. Okay, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get the soundtrack because. It, like I loved it because it really did mix in all those old themes, but I was like, where's the, where's the new stuff in this? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anywho. Okay. So in, in, as we're mentioning characters, John Williams in the music of star Wars is a character into itself. If not one of, if not the most important character <laughs> of these movies. It's true. I mean, these, the star Wars movies were special, you know, in their own right, but also I think the music just enhanced enhanced that as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, it's really the I would say maybe the first time a score had that much of an impact on movies back in the day, um, and really just carried through and really influenced the movies that would come later as well. How well, important score was right. It's funny. Um, I don't know if I sent this to you or if I sent it to like a geek group, but there's a breakdown of it's called the Marvel symphonic universe. And what it is, is it starts off with these um, just people on the street and they're like interviewing them and they're like, okay, can you hum the star Wars theme? And of course everyone can, can you hum the Harry Potter theme? Most people can, of course, those are both John Williams. And then they're like, can you hum anything from uh, Avengers or from a Marvel movie? And people are all like, uh, and then like they break down how almost unimportant the music is to the Marvel movies. And then like how they're not as recognizable. They just kind of blend into the background and they even insert other music there to make it more like, Ooh, great. And stuff like that. It's, it's a very cool 11 minute, like, uh, behind the scenes thing. And I, I, implore anybody who cares about music scores to to watch it the avengers theme is is pretty big that's it the is one. But, but that's the only still, one. that and that's alan silvestri who did um back to the future it's it's recognizable when you hear it but it is hard to pull out of your brain to to bring it up yeah like i don't think i could hum it i can hear it in my head that's what i mean yeah but it's like yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So going back, uh, so General Hux, we meet. Um, what did you think of Hux? Uh, I just think they're just continuing to really grow that character. I, I like him. I think that he's just over the top evil and just, I, I like it. I like how he plays that character. It, it's almost, it's almost goofy sometimes, but I love, I love it. Cause he just gets so like, like, and <laughs> so, um yeah it's such a departure from his uh his weasley role so it's it's funny to see that like that contrast 
Yeah, he's a character you love to hate, but he plays it so well. He plays mm-hmm. those, you know, that Tarkin, that, you know, British pompous ass character. And he does it amazing. Um, yeah, and, and they, I like the chemistry between him and Kylo, too, like that hate relationship. Oh, my gosh. It's that, so good because, like, like Hux knows, like, he'll get, like, totally pwned out, but he still is like, you know, I, I don't like you. <laughs> Just, like, tries to mess with him all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, so then we meet Poe. Uh, what did you think of Poe this time around? I, I, I want to. I kind of want to save that for the end. Uh, one comment I want to make about Poe, but uh, overall, uh, Poe's growth in this movie is very is apparent to what they're going to be doing in the future. Um, his humor is is still spot on. I mean, that whole that whole. <laughs> back and forth banter with Hux at the very beginning of the movie is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked Poe in this movie and I thought they did a good job. I mean, for somebody that they were going to kill off originally, uh, he's really growing into a pretty large character and an important character for this movie. For I thought series. they, yeah, they gave him an arc um, from impetuous flyboy to a leader. Uh, so I thought that that, that was good. Um so okay, moving on. Uh, Leia, meeting Leia. What did you think of Carrie Fisher? I mean, this is it for Carrie Fisher. Uh, super sad, but I lo- I like that her role was expanded upon in this movie. Um, that they played to the strengths of what you know what Leia represents to the Star Wars universe, uh, and I just. I don't even know what to say because it's 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 really disappointing, and that the next movie was really supposed to be her movie, and I, we're not going to get that possibly, you know, not the way we really needed it uh, or should have gotten it, I guess I should say. But in this movie, uh, she really plays to what Leia I think you know represents, and um, even that part where you think she's going to come in and 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 help Poe, she you know, she puts them down. So she always, you know, she stands by her, by her morals and her strengths and she's a great leader. And I, I guess, you know, it's, I'm glad that, that they were able to complete this movie at least. So. Yeah. I think that we, we've got really lucky with Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. She did bloodline and uh, Leia princes of Alderaan. Right. Yes, and Ryan Johnson had a hand in the writing of Bloodline, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a writing in in or in the Princess of Alderaan. But both those books we've gotten in the last two years since The Force Awakens, and not that we didn't know Princess Leia, but they did a really good job of fleshing out the Princess Leia that we want and, and wanted to see, and we encapsulated encapsulated the last thirty years. And I think in this movie. I mean, like you said, she she put down Poe. Um, she was one of the first people to grab a blaster and was shooting um, on crate. Like when they were like coming in, like she was ready. She felt the force. She she had emotion. There was you know acting. Like she fucking acted her ass off in this movie, and they gave her a lot to chew on. Unlike the Force Awakens, so. She she gave Chewie a, a hug as well, which I felt was really good, and it just it just felt like this is Princess Leia, like this is royalty, and um, I I felt really really good 
about her in the role. And of course, like you said, you, you know, you get choked up because this is it. Like she went out on a high note though. That's for fucking sure. That what I really liked was when you watch the end credits and they give that little tribute to her in the middle, yeah. <clears throat> but they like, they really go into her theme and mm-hmm. it's like a really like emotional playing of the theme during that part. And it's just like, it's such a, it's such a good send off and, and tribute. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, granted we don't get it for the third film, but this film was, it put it, she put everything into it and you know, that's it. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about what happens with Princess Leia later on. But, okay, so then we have Finn. <laughs> Finn, I, you know, I, I love I love the story of a, the stormtrooper who, you know, broke his programming because he wanted to do what was right. He felt like, you know, it's, we had this, we've always had these speculations, like, how can he break the programming? Like, whatever there's nothing special behind it he just did what was right and now you get him almost leaving for a good reason it's not like he was leaving to abandon them he was leaving to protect his friend um but then he meets rose and then you know that his his hero story continues to grow throughout this movie and um you know i i don't know why people don't like the character Uh, i i do read a lot of you know, uh, I guess negative things about about John Boyega and stuff like that. But you know what, man, that dude can act, and he's just he's very charismatic. So, one of my least favorite parts of the movie mm-hmm. was Finn. Um, we're going to talk about Rose next, but I liked him a lot in The Force Awakens. I liked that story. I liked that he kind of had an arc in this one. To me, he, he, to me, didn't actually really have an arc. He really just kind of went along with what Rose believed and what she wanted to do. And I, to me personally, in this one, it was kind of like they put him on the back burner and didn't really give him as much good things to, to, to chew on compared to the force awakens where it was like he broke his programming. He's a fucking badass fighter and he's trying to save Ray at the end and gets his back chewed up. So that that's my personal opinion is that in this one, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess what we're looking at here is a huge growth for Ray throughout the movie. Um, of course, yeah. And it's and Poe. So, I mean, with Finn, I really feel that, they did match up the Rose and Finn story together. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she held him high as a hero. And then he felt like he really had something to prove. And that, um, I guess that just kind of ties in the Rose. I, you know, it's it, when you think about it, I mean, when we, when we do talk about Rose, I mean, it's, it's, she does kind of like trump him in, in this, in this film, but, and they just, and they just go hand in hand almost, you know, throughout. Well, then, okay, so like, let's talk about Rose. Yeah. Um, I liked Rose's sister more than I liked Rose. <laughs> yeah, Rose's that scene was amazing. Um, it's really, it's really well shot. It's it very, is. So it's, it's not it's, Star Wars shot. It's, no, it's not. It's yeah. I, and that's actually like that scene. It, it really threw me off, and it was kind of like I was uneasy with it. 
Yeah. And then when you when you when it kind of goes into the film and 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 it helps grow with like with what Rose is, you know, MacGuffin or whatever, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to, you know, whatever she's doing in the film, um, it does give it meaning because of that death. Um, and it's such an important death too. It's huge, yeah. and it's yeah. tragic. Um, but with Rose, it's and we'll talk about the theme of nobodies. It, it she felt like she was a nobody. She was like, "Oh, you're such a hero," and and holding up Finn so high. And then she realizes you're leaving. Like, what? Are, you're 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 abandoning us, and then shocks them. And then she yeah. kind of has this turn that you know that well. I guess I could be a hero too, you know. So, and that just it's ah, I I know what you I know I can understand your negative aspects of it, but I for me to say I didn't like it is like it's it's tough for me. So, uh, you know, we 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 quoted this um article in in the gourmet scum radio podcast, but the, if you read the rooster teeth article, anybody who's on the fence, two things, watch the movie again. Cause I guarantee you, you will like it a second time. I really do because you really will not have all those weird feelings of there's so much that I have to deal with. Like it's totally different. It's not what I expected. You won't have any of those feelings going in. You'll know what to expect. And it will make it a much more enjoyable ride. So see it a second time. The other thing is, is like, if you, if you just didn't like it, read some educated articles about it or, or, or watch a video or whatever, because, or listen to this podcast, um, which you are, but I mean, in all honesty, like Rose, as much as I didn't like her character, just because I was just kind of like, eh, like I just, I don't know what it is. She just didn't do it for me. But she is the linchpin that almost solidifies this film as far as being the message of anybody can be a hero. Without that Rose character, you don't get that. You kind of get it from Ray, but at the same time, she's a fucking mega powerful Dragon Ball Z character. But Rose is just a regular, like, whatever. You know what I mean? So, and, and that is one of the, if not the main theme of the fucking movie. I did. I I feel like for a two and a half hour movie, if you could have made some cuts, you could have cut down on that story, and you still could have got the point across. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I do feel that it a lot of that was drawn out, mm-hmm. but the editing of this film and the way that it it jumps around a lot faster than most Star Wars films actually helps it move along quite well as you know as a film. So I I can't really critique the length of it either. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> if not, you needed yeah. more. You know what I mean? Like you needed it to be the three hours because that was another thing that Ryan Johnson said. It was like, I cut out full scenes and it's like, what, what the fuck did you cut out? His original yeah. cut was three hours. Um, so, Hey, I don't know, but anywho, so Rose is an extremely important character to this movie. I just, she did not connect to me personally as much. The story did. The idea behind it did, but that was it. Yeah, um, I get that. I get that. Ray, you know, let's go. Man, what a what a fun time we've had leading up to this movie, trying to figure out all that shit. I mean, 
this is it. This is like people wanted something and they didn't get it. Nor did she. <laughs> she this whole time she's, you know, she had the big question to raise mind is who am I? And she goes to Luke. She's looking for like She's looking for guidance. She's looking for a father figure almost. Um, she it's, is, yeah. It's the hunt for meaning in her life. And that, um, and that is a very heavy theme in this entire movie with her. Uh, that mirror scene is one of my favorite things that I've watched in a movie theater in a long time. Um, yeah, it's back scene. <laughs> it's just, but it's like, it's, but it's like 10 times better. Yeah. 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 yeah it just, it's so tripped out and, um, at the end, it's you know you're just looking right back at yourself, you know. Um, yeah. So, I just I loved the fact that with the scheme of nobodies, that she is a nobody, because it just makes it so much more grounded. Um, and I always felt like Star Wars should be more grounded as a uh, as a story and as a space fantasy. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, in, yes, exactly. I mean, I just never, I loved in the books where Luke Skywalker was like this Superman Jedi and, and just doing all this crazy stuff. I grew up with that. I've experienced yeah. that. So for them to go and do the complete opposite is something really special to me. Cause I mean, it's, it's not the same, you know, and I never, I, I never thought that I didn't want the same. <laughs> so yeah uh D- daisy ridley is an amazing actress um the role like ray is just continuing to be one of the best characters ever written in star wars i mean she really is fantastic you really see some growth with her um obviously Physicality speaking, she fucking kicks ass. You know what I mean? And they've given her character so many layers to go off of, um, which is fantastic. I just, I just want to mention, like, this... Remember that... What is it called? The Mary Sue thing? Yeah. Is that what... Is that the... That's the... What it's... Whatever that is. I think it's Mary Sue, yeah. That she so, can do anything. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, that's that's what everybody's, like, saying about her in, like, The Force Awakens. And it's just, like, I, I really hate that because I just feel like... A, it's kind of sexist in the first place, because um, you're saying that uh, this Luke Skywalker can do anything. You know, he can be super powerful and 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 get through the entire trilogy and not turn the dark side and redeem Anakin Skywalker, who was the most powerful. You know, that's okay, but it's not okay for like Daisy Ridley to be the strong female character um, as Rey and already know how to fight, already know how to pilot ships. You know, it's. I just never, I never really got, I never really understood why people would say that. Now, in this movie, you just, it just continues, you just continue to see like what her real strengths are. And um, like when you watch her training with the staff on, on the island and then switch over to lightsaber, it's just like it's, and she's just starting to do all this new stuff. It's, it's great to see that growth of a character in, in that context, I would say. Yeah. I mean, she is, she's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Great job. So let's Kylo Ren. <laughs> Adam Driver just continues to impress me with his temper tantrums. <laughs> his, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, it's like that, 
it's it's as a character we've never we, seen before. It, you know what we talk about the, we talk about the Marvel villain issue, right? And like there's these we have this villain problem in these superhero films. Now, you know, Star Wars could be looked at in kind of the same aspect of superhero film or whatever, like fantasy, whatever. Um, but now you have like this really deep driven bad guy who you you can definitely like feel you know feel his pain and um when we find out that the reason why he actually turned is because he thought you know he thought luke was gonna kill him i mean that's huge um your uncle's standing over you with a lightsaber about to like you think he's gonna kill you i mean that yeah and so now we know his motivations we know why he's that like why he's that angry um so i well, mean he, that was the straw that broke the camel's back though right right i mean he was he had this side he him. had the tendencies right yeah. but i mean did my other question is did he or did snoke plant that stuff who knows with these force powers now these days um so you know you don't really know i just i i like how driver plays the part i like that now you know as much as i like him with a helmet now i kind of if when i was thinking about this before the movie and him not having the helmet. And I was like, ah, oh, Kylo Ren with the helmet's not that cool. I love the bad guy look. But now it's like, it gives, the face gives you more character than anything else uh, for for that character. And just the emotional spectrum uh, roller coaster ride that he <laughs> that he goes through in this movie. Yeah, and I, I really like, we'll talk about him in a second, but I like that Snoke called him out and was like, you're just a, you're just a kid in a mask. <laughs> Get rid of that mask. Yeah, like you look ridiculous, and he's just like <laughs> that dude was no an asshole. Snoke was a fucking asshole. I loved it. Yeah. But um, you know what, Adam Driver, I I knew he was a good actor before I saw The Force Awakens, but I didn't really see him too much. Since then, I've seen him in other movies, and I watched all of Girls. Uh, which, if you want to see some good Adam Driver, watch that show. But, um, like, he did such a great job. And his connection with Ray was just so cool, and it was deep. And you get the conflict, and I'm sure all of us felt like, and I didn't want him to be redeemed, but we all felt, oh, my gosh, he's going to get redeemed. And then he what did. What if this happens? And I was so happy. I was like, yes, this guy just wants to fucking rule the galaxy. That's it. That's what I want. I want a villain. I want this. And he's unlike any other villain. I mean, everybody fears him because he's all powerful and he can just go off the hinges at any time. <laughs> well, what's crazy now is that, you know, going in episode nine, he is the only Skywalker. Uh, I mean, if, you know, if Luke comes back as a ghost or whatever, but. What do you mean? Oh, Skywalker? He's no. the only one with Skywalker. He's the only one with what? Leia's not dead. What are they going to do? I mean, will they kill her off in between? I mean, we'll talk about this later, but... Let's I mean, talk about it right now. If, I mean, if Leia's not in the in the third movie, right? So if they if they do something in between, maybe in a book... I think they'll time jump. I do. I think they'll jump at least two to three years or more. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they jump ten years. I don't know how crazy that would be, but I think that they'll jump, and I think that... Um, with that, they could just throw in, oh, hey, Leia died. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, as my aunt said today, like, maybe, she, like, she 
got better to like kind of save the resistance or now rebellion, but she really was hurting. You know what I mean? Like more than she let on. Yeah. Then the loss uh, of Luke, you know? Yeah. Like maybe she really is done for, but I hope, even though I know it'd be really weird and jarring that they recast her because I just feel like her story's not over. Exactly. Um, but if she's not in it, then we have one Skywalker left and he's evil. <laughs> Again, <laughs> so, man, that's true. That's that's weird. That's I mean, and I don't think he's getting redeemed. He's not going to get redeemed. I think what will happen is the only thing I could see is that in the next movie, he like saves himself, or sorry, like saves Ray, and like sacrifices himself in a way. I could see that happening, kind of like Vader did, but like not enough to. I mean, I really just hope he stays bad the entire time and doesn't get redeemed because that would, to me, make the most sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Calrin, amazing. Okay, so Snoke. We see Snoke. Andy Serkis is Snoke. What did you think? I, that carrot, I mean, just like we said, he is a complete asshole. Yeah. Like completely evil. And his power set still confuses the hell out of me. Like, who is he? I mean, yes, he gets straight up murdered in this movie unexpectedly. <clears throat> you know, they're doing everything you don't think they're going to do. Um, and all the speculation going to who he was, not really paid off. I mean, that's the best. And it actually, you know, evolved into something much more surprising and unexpected. And, but now I am, I, I, I still, I still really kind of need to know where he came from. You know, and I'd like to know eventually, but I don't think it's important for the movie itself because it's just you have the super powerful dark Jedi or yeah, dark dark force user, and he's making fun of Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren's gonna be like, Nope, I'm sorry, but you know, I want to be supreme leader. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it it doesn't serve that story you know what i mean the story is that kylo ren is the big bad um and it's his arc into becoming the big bad and i think that with all the stuff that jj presented ryan johnson had to knock off some things you know what i mean and some things being snoke's gone ray's parentage is gone luke's gone like they just he went through and and checked off all those boxes that okay now essentially jj has a clean slate yeah. for this next movie to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Um, so him and Chris Terrio should hopefully come up to something really good, but Snoke looked good. Um, you know, he was cool. He was just so evil, like Jedi mind gap, Jedi stripping the thoughts out of you. Jedi, you know what I mean? Like, like you think about uh, the, um, what am I trying to say? Like torture droid from episode four where Vader, I guess, could have just ripped the mind thoughts right out of princess. Like <laughs> he would have known that power set. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. And um, it was awesome. I don't know. I thought he was really good and you, you know, could he have gone on longer? Maybe, but he died in a cool way and it was neat. <laughs> so and it led into one of the best scenes in the entire movie. 
So, well, the whole throne, the whole throne room scene was like one of the best scenes in the movie. So, I do love the the way they shot the elevator scene, just like in Return of Jedi. Yeah, 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 it's great. It just really made you think it's gonna go the way you think it's gonna go. <laughs> yup. <laughs> um. Okay, Luke. Man, it's <laughs> this is not. <laughs> think it's going to go <laughs> this is not going to go the way you think it is i uh i you know what it's it's such a, a it's so much different than you ever expected it to be and then just like you said just like it's written in the movie um but he his like apprehension you know app- apprehension to like train ray is you know his the state that she finds him in, mm-hmm. uh, how the regret he has. Um, I actually have a lot of respect for Luke not going to the dark side after everything that happened to him. That he right. like <laughs> burrowed away on that island and and never looked back and you know really didn't want to be found. Um, well, and he wanted right, to die there. He said, "I'm going to die here. Yeah, I'm going to die here." Um, one of my best, my favorite scenes is when she hands him the lightsaber and he throws it over his shoulder. <laughs> like, you know what? I hated that scene. Because people, we'll talk about the humor later, but it's, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's who he is in this movie. And it's just that right there started the progression of who he was until he realized, you know, that he had to, you know, confront Kylo and, and tell him he was sorry because I mean, he really, you know, as much as maybe Snoke had the influence on on him going to the dark side, I mean, Luke pushed him over the edge, and yeah. he really feels that that, and you really feel that with him. Um, so, I, as much as I wanted to see an all powerful Luke Skywalker, we do get to see a very powerful Luke Skywalker, um, and then I was, I mean, we did say you know what if luke dies in this movie and it happens you know and it's it's kind of it's it's shocking but it's also very peaceful yeah um i i did not get sad i i felt like you know i thought i was gonna get really emotional about it but i actually did feel like luke i felt peace i go this guy is going one with the force and clearly when you see somebody like Yoda come back and use like lightning powers, like does it matter that you really died because you're never gone? Like you're always with those people and you can still apparently control the elements. At least I don't know what that's all about, but again, like we don't know what happened in 30 years. We know one little piece that happened five years ago. We know that Luke, trained a bunch of kids. One of them was his nephew. He went bad and destroyed the new Jedi order. But like, I don't know what the fuck else happened with this dude. You know what I mean? Like, his adventures. Yeah. We don't, we have no idea. And I'm sure it's going to come out in a book and video games and, and comics and all that stuff. Like it, we will start learning that probably within 2018. But I, you know, you're not the same person that you were five years ago. You're not the same person that you were 10 years ago. 
30 plus years ago. And that dude saw him himself destroy his family. You better goddamn believe that you'd be a hermit and you'd be scared and you would want to die because, and it's surprised he didn't commit suicide <laughs> straight up for what he went through before, so, even before that. Oh, uh, here's my father who happens to be the one who kills the entire galaxy. And, uh, I happen to have all these powers. My mentor dies. I find out my sister. You know, like the dude's gone through so much. <laughs> like, it's insane. Yeah. Yep. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love it, but I, I like like we say, it still would have been pretty awesome to see him like. Of course, it would have been go crazy. But I mean, <laughs> maybe we'll see it in like a cartoon or something awesome in the future. So. If we, we saw Luke pick up those ATATs, <laughs> smash them into each other, and just like take a lightsaber, jump through the air, and like cut through like Kylo's ship, or just something, I I guarantee you that anyone who did not like this movie would not have, <laughs> like that movie would be at like a hundred thousand percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But that's not the movie that Ryan Johnson made, nope. Nope. and it wasn't the movie that he he, he didn't need to. It, it would have been cool. It would have been amazing, but at the same time, that's not the movie he set out to make. He set out to make a movie about the ordinary becoming extraordinary, and anybody can be a hero with hope. So, um, Amelin Haldo, I guess. Eh, I mean, we could talk about that. I mean, during during our likes and that. I mean, I liked Lord I liked I liked Lauren Durden's character. She was very strong. Yeah. Um, she was a perfect stand-in for Leia. Um it's almost too bad that they did kill her in this movie that she could have probably but she had, had an awesome death, dude. She had one of the best deaths in Star Wars ever. Um so I I always liked Lauren Dern as a, as an actress and you know, it's it's funny because when you start it started kind of with the prequels when you started seeing these familiar faces in Star Wars and people kind of criticized that but it that kind of stuff doesn't bother me because they do bring in quality actors and actresses that just totally own the role and, and have love for the movie and, and, and just give it their all. So um, great character, great, great uh, conflict with Poe. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite lines is, you know, um, I, I, I really, I really like him when she, when she's talking to Leia. Like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it just made me like smile because you know Poe's heart's in the right place, and they know that. And there's there's great great greater things for, uh, to come for him. So, also, if you read Princess Leia of Alderaan, you get to meet that character. And I thought that that was she she stayed true to to Claudia Gray's book. Okay, go ahead. Um, let's. Okay, so th- those are the characters. Um, I guess we can mention this a little bit. We should. I mean, this is very, this is huge. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about since the movie. We watched the movie. Um, I mean, let's, let's start with this. Um, Going into the movie, Rotten Tomatoes score for fans, I guess people who saw it earlier. uh, I don't know who reviewed it as, as, as fans, but it was at like 94, 95. It was high. Um, Suddenly as, as more and more people saw it on opening day, uh, that score crashed. It was down, down, down. It's hovering around the mid fifties right now. Uh, it got down as low as 53%. Now I'm not a big fan of Rotten Tomatoes in the first place. Um, 
I mean, it does give you a decent look at how movies are. I don't always, we don't always trust the critics. Um, stuff like, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what I found out today, and I, I actually did not know this. You then I probably don't know. You don't have to have a real account for Rotten Tomatoes to put it to submit a score. Oh no, you don't. And but there's a there's, no- there's a website called Cinema Score where you actually have to verify that you saw the movie, okay. either like show your ticket stub or whatever. And from there, you can submit your score. So that's actually right now the most accurate uh, most accurate aggregator of film scores, and it's at an A. What is it? Cinescore? Cine uh, cinema score, I think. Cinema is score. So, so you're saying like, like kind of like <laughs> that they just went on and trolled it. Yeah. 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 Like probably some fucking butthurt DC fans. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I hate to be like a dick about it, but like really. That's so, because the critic score is at 93%. And again, you really don't need to use ratings. But, you know, I had one of my friends. She's a huge Star Wars fan. She sent me screenshots of the Rotten Tomato scores. And she's like, oh, man, I'm really worried about this. And I go, if you are a Star Wars fan, you're going to go see this movie regardless. And don't be an asshole. Like, don't let these things uh, ruin your experience. Because, you know, if you have high expectations for the movie and you're really excited about it, don't let some random people you've never met before dictate how you're going to enjoy your film. Just don't do it. And I was watching. Like I was watching news, you know, news broadcasts about it. People like they had anchors like outside the uh, theaters. People are leaving throughout the day. I mean, it was like different people every time. And like the lady, like I don't know, you know, president wants to say that CNN is fake news, but I, you know what? When they're when <laughs> when they're there, and they're like, I'm having a hard time finding somebody that didn't like this movie. So yeah. I mean, just because some butt hurt like Star Wars fan, those are my air quotes again. Um, says well i didn't like it because it's not my star wars or it didn't go the way i wanted it to go or whatever like i I hate those statements because it's it's so selfish and you're and you i in my opinion you really don't understand what star wars is about in the first place and because that theme goes back to a new hope of nobodies and and when you watch these all of the movies there's goofy humor in all of them so, like, when we go and talk about these things later about the, what the fans didn't like, I really feel like that they they're just coming up with these 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 poor excuses for to critique the film because I can find things in the other movies that are exactly the same thing that you didn't like about this movie. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know I just it's getting a lot of unneeded hate and um, I feel that there's sometimes there's just too much Star Wars ownership out there. I mean, big time. <laughs> I mean, in all geek properties, it's like that too. So, I mean, it's like, I used to think like geeks were, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, more evolved. I don't think so. Anymore. I think a lot of them are very de-evolved as, as is human nature. So, I mean, I don't want people not like to read these bad reviews, like your friend, get discouraged and not, not, not going to this movie thinking it's it's a bad movie. It's it's a well made movie, mm-hmm. period, period. And people that say it's a mess, like please, if like you're, are you the one that's saying that Justice League was great? You know, come on, you don't even know what a movie is. You have no idea what a movie is. You don't even I, know how to read into dialogue. Or I'm just gonna stop. We're gonna stop. We'll save that rant till the end. 
Um, okay, why don't you mention the next thing and before we go into a commercial? I guess, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, with The Force Awakens is is that they're like, oh, it's a lot of the same. Um, why does this feel like A New Hope? Why does this feel like something I've seen before? Well, that is something that Star Wars has always kind of been about. Um, it's the, the ring theory, ring composition, whatever you want to call it. It's it's it was used by George Lucas, and it and you know what I dare anybody who loved the EU who criticizes these new films not to go back and look at those books and not say that a lot of those authors did the same thing, you know. So the thing about Star Wars is that we have this 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 recognition of of comfort and and familiarity, and it's something that The Force Awakens really did well. And I, it, I kind of felt at first that, yeah, this is a little bit too much like it, um, like, like a new hope. But when you watch that movie repeatedly, it just, it grows and grows. And you're just like, this, this is a wonderful film. Um, with the last Jedi, there are a lot of thematic, uh, similarities to empire. Yes, of course there are. Um, which makes it a Star Wars film. And that brings you back to, that familiar feeling, but like we said, this movie does a lot of unexpected things as well with twists and the way they treat the characters. So, yeah, I mean, you you want to say that the Force Awakens is too much like A New Hope? This movie is not enough like a Star Wars movie, <laughs> but there's certain things that you got to do to make it a Star Wars film. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the Canto bite scene the first time I saw it, but you know what? There's a lot of dumb, goofy ass chases in the star Wars universe. And you know, it happens in the prequels. It happens in, um, you know, it happens in all, you know, it happens in the, the cartoons especially, but you know what I mean? Like th- these things are like certain things that are like beats that are star Wars that make you feel like you're in star Wars. So if Ryan Johnson decided to go and make a star Wars movie, well, yeah, there's some thematic things that you have to copy because it's just what brings it all together. Um, mirroring ring theory, whatever it is, what it is like, that's, that's what makes your star Wars movie go, but let's break through a commercial and then we'll go on to our kind of like over overall feelings on the film likes, dislikes, and um, where do we go? for the future and we'll be back hi i'm chris and i'm casey from gourmet scum radio we're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff you a fan of television music and movies of the 80s (laughs) well we are too Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions. One second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. 
She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com. Geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All right, we are back after those amazing commercials. Hey, so let's let's talk about what we like. Why don't we? Why don't we? What do you want to do? One and one. You do one. I do one. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Some of these we've already gone over, so just skip that. But let's let's do it. All right. So <laughs> let me start. Yeah, just, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, well, what I'm trying to do here is sort out what we just talked about. It's a I lot know, of this. Yeah, yeah. You gotta so, I mean, we don't have to really go into it. So I'm going to uh, – let's just read the list because they're here. So – and then um, if we have anything extra to say about it, we'll see. Okay, great. Um, I liked Luke's presence in the film and his characterization. And as I mentioned before, um, it wasn't what we expected. And that's a lot to swallow throughout that whole film. And I, I haven't seen it yet for the second time. Um you know, the first time around, I really loved it. Um, I like what they did with him. And as much as I was sitting there with my hands together as he's confronting those AT-ATs, and I'm yes. just like, oh. And yes, it was a little anticlimactic, but at the same time, it was very exciting. Um, it was great to see him. <laughs> uh, I just I do want to mention how the subtle things with, like, we talked about, it's like, we see him, he, he's all cleaned up. Um, he pulls out the lightsaber that was broken in, you know, just <laughs> earlier in the film. And we're still like not seeing those subtle hints. Um, I didn't care. I didn't, yeah, I didn't care, care either. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the excitement that they, they really built up to that point. You thinking exactly the opposite of what was going to happen. And that is why it's such an amazing film in that <clears throat> aspect. Yeah. Um, I liked his, his, his dark, Gray characterization of uh, of this shell of the man he used to be. What do you think about that milk scene? <laughs> oh yeah, what a weird scene. Um, Super weird. <laughs> watching him get to him, it's like what the fuck. They just made him like so strange. Um, was it was it blue milk? No, it was green it was milk. Like right? Creepy green milk, and he like. Drinks it so grossly, it's dripping yeah. down his beard, and it's just like this whole setup. It's it was a weird, creepy scene, but it, it's hilarious and it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't write that down to my likes, but it was pretty creepy. Um, I wrote. Well, we kind of went over this stuff. I'm just gonna skip through. Okay, so the Kylo and Ray throne room scene. Um, the fight, the battle. God damn. <laughs> like, when she throws that lightsaber and he ignites it right into that dude's <laughs> face, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I didn't care that she doesn't know how to use a lightsaber that much. She's got natural ability. Sure, she can take down a Praetorian guard. I want a Praetorian guard hot toy immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, dude! What yeah. the fuck? I definitely what a, dude with like that electro whip thing. What? 
a marketing scheme. Well, of course, you know it's all about the toys. <laughs> yeah, but they make these scenes for the toys. What's cool about those guards, though, is that they did explain like the uh, the pairs that. Uh, that whole Snoke article is kind of interesting, and I really want to kind of Which understand one? it more. Where where he ca- where he had eight of them, and but there was two each. I don't know if that's like I didn't, a, know, I didn't read that. I I'll send it to you later. It's it's kind of cool. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because it is yeah, speculation. Yeah. But right. those guards, like unlike the first time around with red guards, we actually get to see them in action, and they are badass. Um, you know, I really thought we were going to see a lightsaber throw. <laughs> like, ignited mean, one. Kind of. He pulled yeah. it out of his body. Out of Snoke's body. That was kind of like a lightsaber throw in that way. Yeah. I, You know what's funny is, like, again, asshole comments. Someone was like, oh, there's no way that Rey would be able to defeat these guards. They're way too powerful. I'm sorry, did you watch The uh, Last Jedi before anyone else in the fucking planet where that was established as a real canon thing? Because the Red Guards, according to canon, didn't fucking do a shit. And these guys are Praetorian Guards. We don't know what they fucking do. We don't know what their skill set is until you see this movie. So go fuck yourself, people who think you know Star Wars. You think you got a fucking George Lucas's ear and you wrote <laughs> you wrote the fucking movies. Can we save that to the end? <laughs> It's so hard. I mean, I'm back this whole time. But, that, but there's so much of that. There's so yeah. much of that you know so much better than the rest of us or no better than Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Or so, Kathleen Kennedy, who actually like was the protege of George Lucas. You know, go for yeah. yeah. But um anyway, right. that, scene is, that scene is, you know, I said uh, on the other podcast, like it's it's beautiful too, that set. Like if I walked on that set as a normal human being, I would be like, what the fuck like it is so cool looking so red and just it's badass just well shot well shot fucking movie hey man yep all right sorry go on that's right uh next is my theme of nobodies we covered that a little bit with ray and uh rose uh let's go right to the end of the movie where that's what they leave us with that little boy pulling that broom to himself with the force powers you know yeah I mean, we see this. I mean, it's uh, it's driven into us with rebels. It's um, you Disney want to talk about has that now, or do you want to wait? We'll save that. Um, but Disney has been really just planting the seeds of where this where Star Wars is headed. Um, and you know what? The theme of nobodies is so important for this world because so many people just they feel like they're down and out, or they they can't achieve something because they're they're not they don't feel important or they don't have the power to do something, but you know what? Anybody can do, do something if you put your mind to it. And that, that, that theme is just, it's, it's so strong throughout this movie. And yes. it's important. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. What else did we write down here? We wrote that blah, blah, blah. Yoda Yoda. Yeah. That's on both our list. Fucking Yoda. <laughs> Puppet Yoda, specifically, was not CGI. He was the Yoda that we knew from Empire Strikes Back. He's hitting Luke in the face. He's telling, he's calling him young, you know, young Luke. Like, he, he still treats him like a, as a student. He, um, 
And he, and he basically says the same thing again. Like it is our failures that are the most important lessons. Like, yeah, you fucked up with Kylo Ren. Do not fuck up with Ray. Like get your shit together, get off your ass and train her. What did he say in Empire Strikes Back? Like pass on what you have learned. Like this is what you have, or maybe he said it in Jedi, but Jedi, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, but I mean, Oh my back. god, turn my, my nerd card on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I caught myself. Nerd alert. <laughs> um, I, it goes it goes right back to when he couldn't get the X Wing out of the uh out of the swamp. Yeah. You know? Which was funny that the X Wing was in that ocean. I thought that that was very cool too. I thought and of course when I saw this, oh my god, Ray's gonna pull it out of the fucking water. No, I thought that Luke was going to come into that AT-AT scene with his X-Wing and start fucking shit. <laughs> there is a that. fan fiction movie that needs to be made. I'm sorry. It still does. <laughs> but the trolls the trolls have nothing to do Maybe with it. Maybe from a certain point of view, part two, that's all about the last Jedi. <laughs> it's insane. Insane stories. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, but we mentioned Gilgamesh's crazy powers, like from the dead, from the beyond. Yeah, um, it's like we, but he, it's they. He pulls the he pulls a prank on Skywalker because he would have got to know those books are gone. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, burn it down, burn everything down. It doesn't mean anything." So he burns the tree down. Is it one of those forest trees? Remember? I think it is. Yeah, from Shattered Empire. Absolutely, I think it is. Well, okay, sorry, it's one not of them. It's just. No, because that tree has been there fucking forever. I just think it's a force tree. Okay. Um, who knows where those other two... That storyline really never went anywhere. So if you guys don't know, uh, Greg Rucka wrote a four-part miniseries after Empire Strikes... Or sorry, uh, Return of the Jedi, immediately after, where Luke finds these two force trees. One of them goes to Poe's parents. One of them, what, he keeps... Right, he takes he takes the Yavin Four, which I, maybe he uses it for the New Jedi Order. Or something, who knows? But like yeah. those Force trees, really never uh, show have shown up again. Which is kind of curious. But um, anywho, I don't know if Yoda was playing a prank on him because he did say like those are real page turners. I think he really doesn't give a fuck about those books. Personally. I you know, and that's 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 true too. Um, also, I mean, he calls out the Jedi Order and saying that they were wrong. He, like saying that's he why was the wrong. Jedi have to end. Yeah, he, that's it. But it you know, it's it's interesting because when you you know when you watch the prequels, it actually kind of makes you think differently after this movie as well. That you know they that they were wrong. You know, you feel bad. I thought that watching the prequels, I go, these guys are assholes. Yeah. Swinging your fucking lightsabers around the galaxy saying, you know what's better. And they do it again in the Clone Wars, too. It's like, who are you? You guys are a bunch of fucking religious zealots who decided to use the force the way that you want it to. And then all of a sudden you're a general. Like, what gives you the power? Because you have a lightsaber? You don't have a military background? I'm sorry. It's bullshit. It's true, but I think also they were kind of drafted into the war, no? By the by, a chancellor? They didn't have to. No? You're correct. They were drafted, but there's nothing to say, like, what are you going to do? You're going to fight the Jedi if they said no? <laughs> I, I would say that because they knew the Sith were behind 
the separatists, I would say. Right. Maybe that had a lot of influence to it. But whatever. It, it did, this, is a, this is not a prequel. This is a, not a prequel discussion. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> yes, we those feelings were there watching the prequels, but now they've been, you know, extra, extra, <laughs> you know, yeah. pressed upon by what Yoda says in um, this movie. So I like that concept that, you know, there doesn't have to be this whole master padawan like you don't need like su- like this great training to be a jedi it's just you have it in you you just have to make the right choices and this movie's about choice yeah all right what's next um the space chase scene uh something that's getting a lot of flack uh people say that why why is it essential to this film it's it's lame the first order could just go around and destroy them if they wanted to you know what i think i think it's very smart to be honest um it shows how cruel and and how the torturous means uh that the first order bring to this whole thing just pursuing what's left of the resistance the resistance is here they're this is all that's left now they know they have them. They can track them through hyperspace. They can, they're running out of fuel. So let's, we're just going to hang back, shoot at you. And every time a ship <laughs> runs out of fuel, we're going to destroy it until you're all on one ship. And then when that ship is, <laughs> runs out of fuel, we're going to destroy the resistance. So, I mean, I felt that it had a lot of weight to it, especially um, when you get to that last part where they're all going down to the planet and they're just picking off each individual ship. And it's just like, Oh my God. It's like, what are they going to have left for this final battle? Yeah. It's um, so there's two parts to that. I, I completely agree that it shows just how pompous the first order is that they can just, you know, we've got them by a string, you know what I mean? Like, you know, fuck you. We'll just pick you off. We'll, we'll let you die out and we're not just going to kill you. The other part of it is they knew that they had enough, the rebels, you know, resistance had enough fuel to go through light speed and then they'd run out of fuel. Right. If you knew all along that your goal was to go to crate why, even though you know, and like you know, the first order is going to be following you, couldn't you just have light speeded straight to crate and then more ships would have survived? Like, if that's your ultimate goal anyway, if like that's Haldo's plan the entire time, just then go and light speed there. It, but remember, when they got there, they cloaked the ships so that the first order wouldn't think they were going down there. They did. You're right. So, and then they realized, oh, they're cloaking. Now we can really shit. You're right. Yep. Never mind. Done. Yeah. All right. Because they we didn't like only the need to know knew they were going to crate. No, you're right. They did say the cloaking thing. I forgot about that. So never mind. Um, the oh, and then Holden drives it cruiser right through the first order. One of the most craziest things, like I said before, that that scene. Is one of the top ten shows <laughs> ever. It's just it's so strong. Yeah, it's so it's so like you want you're made to want to hate Laura Dern's character, and then you learn that she really just really does have the Resistance' best interest at heart, 
Um, and then she, she just like, I'm going to stay on the ship. And I'm, and then when she realizes that they're getting picked off, she's like, she makes that split second decision, turns that ship around and blasts through them. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's heroic and it's, it's, it's bittersweet. It's, it's insane. And the way they shot it, you know, when they just stopped the sound, I love it when they do that. It's just like episode two. That's one of my. That's one of my. One of my favorite scenes too. It's just. It's such a neat little contrast of, of, of how loud like a blockbuster movie like this is, and what happens when you cut the sound. It just. Yeah. It's it's, it's great. Yeah, that was that was an amazing amazing sequence, and it looks cool, and it was just it was very well shot. Um, I wrote down new ships. Um, that was one of my complaints from the force awakens is it was like, Oh, you, you painted an X-wing, but the technology really hasn't changed in the last 30 years. Um, okay. But rogue one has fucking U wings and like different ETSTs and stuff. So finally, uh, the dreadnought all fucking amazing. Um, Snoke's, uh, I think it was called the supremacy, um, which I want the Lego of that. Uh, obviously new ATs and I think that was really it for like new ships, but those bombers from the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. The bombers are new too. Yeah. They brought back a wings again. It was weird that we don't get a wings. I flipped out about that a wing dude. I was like, Holy shit. Well, I mean, they really pressed a wings in rebels and Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I, I just didn't understand why you bring these new ships in the Jedi like the B wing and the A wing, and then all of a sudden they're not even part of the fleet for the resistance. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're not getting from the right supplier. I don't know. <laughs> well, anywho, we got new ships this time around, and that that was very exciting to finally yeah. see that. Um, so that was that was one of my highs. Um, you want to go to lows? I think we kind of hit all the highs, right? Yeah. Um. I guess just mentioned Johnson's world building. I mean, he did fabulous job with these new locations. Um, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's star Wars. You know and we, Does he do that? Because like, I feel like that's a storytelling group thing. Maybe. Yeah. Be with you because it's be like, right. I feel like that's something that like the video game guys are like, we need some new multiplayer maps and uh, Claudia gray put crate in princes of Alderaan. Um, what was the other place? So Canto Bite, maybe that was a Johnson creation, but I, I feel like that's a storytelling group thing. I feel like Johnson should be part of that storytelling group, or maybe he is. Maybe he is. Now, especially if he's going to be doing three new movies, like he's got, I mean, I feel like all of them talk, Pablo Hidalgo, Dave Filoni, uh, the writers now, you know what I mean? Like they all have to have a nice big sit down meeting with Captain Kennedy, but you know, yeah, the new world's, like that was cool. I, you know, people um, creates just like huh. It's made out of fucking salt. It doesn't look the same. It's got the red. I mean, just shut the fuck up, okay? It's not snow. It's just not. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen anything like that before? Where the like the the speeders are dragging those sleds? Like that's how they're Never. controlled. Never. Oh, oh yeah, those man. Things. beautiful things. <laughs> yeah. The cop. The the Canto bike cop ships. That yep. ship the you know I mean yep. it's great yeah. the ship that they steal <laughs> it's yeah more toys it's great mm-hmm. um, what did you not like 
Oh, you know what? You're part two. I I said the same thing uh, yesterday. That's interesting. All right, go on. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna say this quick. You know, Porgs. It was it's a it's a it's a comedy thing. It's 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 a it's a plot device. Um, funniest thing was Chewy eating the pork, but not really eating the pork because you know, looking at him. So I mean, it's cute, yeah. But I also kind of just felt it was like one of those goofy alien things that they always do. So they didn't bother me, to be honest. Yeah. With you. I just said again, it's Star Wars. <laughs> it's a Star Wars thing, yeah, like well, the, the fall cats. That's what I'm going to say about yours. <laughs> Whatever those, what are those things? The new uh, crystal foxes. Oh yeah, yeah. The Vulpics or Vulptex. Yeah. Whatever. Go on. That's it. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> they're just everywhere, infesting the falcon. <laughs> you know, babies on the falcon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chewie's Chewie's uh, call to arms. Like, bleh. okay. Uh, I wrote down the horse escape. I can't remember what those creatures are. The second time didn't bother me as much. It just goes on for a little too long. That's it. That's it does. It. It's a little I, too long. It's a little too dark. And like physically shot dark yeah. as well. I felt it really, it because of, it was like break, like burn Canto bite to the ground. Like, yeah, like it made sense. Elitist and stuff like that. Yeah. It, 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 it I felt like the whole Canto Bite thing was a big um, parallel to our our status today, really, yeah. in, in the world. And um, I like the idea of intelligent animals, that um, a lot of people just treat animals in the world as just kind of like dumb. You know, they don't have any kind of feelings or, or intelligence, but, you know, there are very smart animals in the real world. And I feel like um, those horses were... Um, they they had they carried the same feeling like like escape like let's let's burn down the establishment and just um go back to the natural way and yeah that's yeah. it yeah um yeah so i'm gonna i, I want to bring this up because at first i didn't notice that snap was actually in the movie mm-hmm. uh, i actually had to go read that online so greg grumberg who is friends with jj abrams um he he was cast as Snap Wexley in in the Force Awakens. Had a decent you know rebel sized role. Um, had a trilogy of books written about him, him and his mother, and the band of rebels who helped. The know, aftermath trilogy. The aftermath trilogy. I mean, that's that's weird. It's weird to me that he he was in this film and he definitely was killed off. Like was that. He? I I don't know because he's not in the rest of the film at all. Not even shown, no lines, just gone. So apparently, was he one of the ships that was destroyed on the way up out of orbit? I don't know. It just it's it, it was offsetting to me because they just seem to build him up in the in the canon, and he's gone. You know, he's in the Poe cam- He's a big character in the Poe comic. Um, he's a big part of his squadron. Um, so maybe when they blew up that whole the whole hangar, he was part of that. I mean, Poe ship well, is gone. You know, is the Poe comic still on? Oh yeah, it's still going. Is that but that's pre Force Awakens, right? Yes, that's okay. the that's the search for the right. what's his name at the beginning there. Yeah, that's uh, Lars Kanteka. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, actually, to be honest with you, I was asking the same thing yesterday. I go, where, where's Snap? Like, you know what I mean? Like, wh- where is he? Didn't you know what I mean? Like, so 
like that that was a kind of just like a nitpick as as well as like actually a dislike is how they killed off Akbar. Like sh- just show a bomb blowing him up. You know what I mean? Like I get that war is cruel and that people are going to die and you can't hold on to everybody. But like, I, come on, you, you drag this guy along for 30 years and then you unceremoniously just give a throwaway line and Akbar's dead. Show me, you know what I mean? Like that, that made me sad. Where's Neem Num? Did he die in the he was, force? No, he was there. no, he's there. In that, so what happens is, first officer, I can't remember what her name is, is like um, announcing that Amalyn Haldo is going to be taken over for Leia while she's unconscious. And she was like, you know, we lost a bunch of people, Akbar, like all of the main people. Uh, and that's why Amalyn's taken over as a vice admiral. Um, and Mia Num's sitting there in that scene. Weird. I mean, I guess I, you know, not seeing, I'm going to notice a lot more stuff in the background the second time around. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it's, you know, I, I, I do agree with the Akbar thing. And at, like that scene is very shocking because like you, when Leia gets blown, like sucked into space, like you're worried about her the most. And then Akbar becomes that second thought. I mean, I didn't even think about it until she mentioned that Akbar is dead. And it was like, okay. Yeah, but I think these movies are about the, the new generation. I they they are, and you know, one of my friends had a really his complaints were that they're not treating the old guard with as much respect. And I will say, I do agree. No funeral for Han. That's, uh, yeah. Not not really a big mention. No no, where the fuck is Lando? Um, Luke. He had to go into the force. There was no other way. I'm okay with it. I probably would have preferred it in episode nine. Uh, you know, Chris Seaver says from Gourmet Scum says there's no reason to get rid of him personally. And he's kind of right too. Like, like there, there really isn't, but I, um, it's sad that these guys aren't getting treated with respect. Hardly seeing any R2. A little bit more, you know, a little bit chewy, but like R2, I wish I would have saw a little bit more. They did give C3PO some solid lines. Nice. Like that was yeah, fine. good humor. There was like, humor in there, and like that's all you need from him. But like, um, can I say something about R2? Yeah. I mean, that when he, when he and Luke, that scene is very, very oh, strong. That's, awesome. that's fucking crazy. He just puts the holograph out there. It's like, yeah, it's, that was emotional. Yeah. Um, I'm glad for that scene because it kind of does say, you know, it makes up for the rest, you know, him not being in the rest of the movie in a way because that was, yeah, a very important scene. Um, but you're right. Um, I did have the Han thing down. Um, I erased it because because of the fact that this movie picks up and they're in such a desperate situation to get away that there wasn't it, you know, through maybe they sh- should have done it at the end of this movie, but that would have kind of overshadowed Luke's passing right to do a funeral for Han but I mean I can see them they're in such a desperate situation to get away that it's there's no time to deal with that there is no maybe, time there's no maybe time. maybe in the third movie maybe. Right? but not 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 if there's a time jump like you said but we'll see yeah that's that's it um this is a big one go ahead which on my end or your yeah. end you oh Phasma yeah so here's here's the thing 
we've gotten two books, or sorry, two instances of in between six and seven, and they've both been Phasma related, a comic book and a book related to her. You treat this character like fucking garbage. She doesn't show up for two hours into the movie. And I forgot that she even was a character. Yes. And then um, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Phasma. Because I didn't watch the other previews. I didn't even know the fuck. I forgot she was in it. So then you see this fight. It lasts about two seconds. She doesn't beat Finn because she should. Because here's the thing. In those books, they make her the ultimate badass. And people are asking me, oh, Casey, do you think Phasma's alive? No, I don't. It was another checkbox that Ryan Johnson had to get through. It was another one of those things where it's just like, do we need this storyline to keep going? No. We got bigger things to go on. So she's done. That's it. We saw her. She's done. She's worse than Boba Fett. Worse. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to finish that book. You, oh, I do. The book is so good. But again, not- like, <laughs> that's the other thing. And I, I don't want to go too far into this, but just some of these things with like the ancillary, like canon, like her, there's characters that are in that book. Will we ever see them again? There's characters that show up in, in Battlefront, like Aiden and those guys, like, will we ever see them again? So it's hard sometimes when you have like that outside world. It was cool that we got, um, what's his name? Saw Guerrera. And Amal and Haldo, like characters that did exist outside of the of the universe in the movies. And I and I really hope they keep doing it. But like Phasma is a character that she was bigger than they they let her be. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean the journey to The Last Jedi, those were the highlighted texts. It was that book and that comic series. Yeah. There was like all those other little books. I mean yeah, there's a Canto you know? Bite book and there's shit like that, but still. Yeah. 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 All right. What else you got? We didn't even talk about DJ. Sorry. Just. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, we can, let's talk about real it. Brief, real brief. I, you know what? The, the one thing I'll say about DJ is that um, I think it's always important to have that character who, who is, who walks that line. I was surprised by his, his betrayal at the same time. I wasn't, um, he is, you know, he was always in it for himself. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about him though? Uh, the, the necklace thing. I thought that was like, I liked that little plot device and that it was like, he wasn't being greedy, but then they turned around and made him this asshole. It's like, why do you do that only to turn around and make him be a bad, like to have him betray them? You know, I'm not going to say he's a bad guy because he's really just in the middle, but the necklace thing to that really just confused me because um, it shows that he does have a, like, I guess a heart. I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, good. Like he said, good, bad. There's no difference. Like, you know, they're going to take you down this day and then the next day you take them down. And I thought that that was a good analogy. And I thought that uh, Benicio, the first time I hated it, I hated, I didn't like him because of the stutter. And I just thought it was like stupid. But the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, 
did he move along the plot? Did he move along Finn's story? No. Ultimately, he really isn't useful, in my opinion. But I didn't mind him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him again in the next movie, just because. But who knows? DJ, not Dark Jedi, just so you guys know. <laughs> not, not Ezra Bridger. Nothing, anything. Yeah, not Ezra, nothing. Um... Uh, my next thing is Finn not dying. <laughs> that that would have, I, I I really thought it was going to happen, and I was ready for it, and I wanted it to happen at the time um, because I would have made me cry, and it would have been a very like meaningful moment that he sacrificed himself uh, because I really felt kind of like that could have been a really good end to his story. Uh, Rose saving him. I like that too. So, I mean, either way, I I don't want John Boyega not to be in the next movie, but I could have definitely done with him dying. That I, you know what's funny? Everyone could have. Like anyone I've talked to, like, are we happy that he's alive? Yes. But would we have been okay with him dying? Yeah. Because it was a hero's death. It was showing that he grew a lot. And you know, she's about, oh, it's about saving the ones you love. Okay, Rose, yeah, you're right. But, like, <laughs> it just it just would have been a cool hero's death, in my opinion. I also thought, like, having Rose in a coma at the, the end of this movie is having Finn in a coma at the end of the first It's just, I, like, it's... I didn't think about that until you just said it. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think about it until you just... It would have been better if she just died, too. <laughs> Okay, that like she kisses him and she dies. That's yeah. perfect. Um, nitpick, nitpick, Knights of Ren. Um, didn't I have that? No, we're both saying it. Yeah, we're both saying it. I thought because, I was... well, listen, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Luke says he, he takes a handful of students and they go off, which is presumably the Knights of Ren. Um, that's it, right? Like, yeah. nothing. We, we presume nothing. nothing else. They have the weird, like, force vision. Like, yeah. Like, that whole, like, that scene, that her force vision is weird because if Ben Skywalker went and destroyed everything, he wasn't dressed up as Kylo Ren at that point. Correct. It's almost like he retconned that scene. Or I mean, is, that, really. is that something else? Mm, I, don't think so. I think I think I think the Knights of Ren will play a part down the road. Maybe JJ will do something in Episode Nine with them. Um, I don't think so. I don't know, man. I just I just feel like it's a big it's a big mistake in in the continuity of this film. Um, it is. It's like well, here's the thing: you establish a character as kylo ren and i get like darth vader was anakin skywalker so you know he got that name uh what's his name uh palpatine named him that like you have these knights of the of the order of ren what does that mean where did like what why are they following this kid okay he's all powerful where are they are they are they over around the world like are they force users like what like that's that's my whole thing it's like what did you want to do when you established the Knights of Ren? Nothing, apparently, for two movies. 
Well, here's nothing. my thing. It's like if they are those Jedi, now they're, you know, and they went and they were trained by Snoke or something. Are they like new Inquisitors? Are they yeah. out there? Like you said, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe they are. You know, right now we get no fan service for that. Um, no follow up, but yeah. maybe we will. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, sucks, but it's a nitpick. It's, it's a nitpick. It sucks that we didn't get any kind of like any kind of explanation, but maybe we will. And maybe it will be badass. People were saying like maybe they're the Praetorian guards. Um, yeah, it's, but there's eight of those. And there was six. Okay. There was six Knights of the Ren. Uh, including Kylo Ren. I think well he said so a handful. Yeah. Well when you count when you count the that flashback scene, it's it's less than the Praetorian guards. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um but I'm not doing this this speculation. No, 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 it's too much. All right, what else you got? Um no, it was Phasma was my last one. We talked about it. So, okay. so uh, BB eight on the AT ATSD. Let's do. It's just it's just it's a fucking episode prequel bullshit CGI shit. That's all. Let's make, let's make the kids laugh. That's yeah, that's it. And you know what? Like, I don't think about it all the time, but like, they're they're made for kids. It's PG thirteen, but they're made for kids. Okay. They like, want kids to buy this stuff. They want kids to buy this shit. BB-8 is cute. Um, BB-8 is a badass too. Yeah. So I'm not going to say I, I don't like BB-8 because I love BB-8. But yeah, that seems a little goofy. Yeah. No. All right, so let's talk about the things that people didn't like and how we're going to defend. Them. Oh, but <laughs> there's there's a couple of nitpicks though here. Oh, um, yeah, sure. I do want to talk about. Um, did you now with the humor? Did you feel like some of the Luke stuff was off at times where where it could have gone into like into more like serious tone, but then all of a sudden it was like alleviated by, by humor. Like I like the humor level in this movie, but I feel it could have been toned down a notch, maybe one small notch. Um, in I have regards, to watch it again. I really do I need to watch it again. You, you do need to, you do need to watch it again in regards to Luke. Yes. Um, he's not the sarcastic one. Han is Leia is Luke is not. Um, so yes, there, there are a couple points where he's, um, and I'm trying to think of like where he does it like, oh, where like those, uh, nurses or whatever, uh, you know, like take care of the Jedi. Like she screws up and she like knocks like that, you know, rock into them. And, you know, it's, he's like, uh, she's like, Oh, I don't think they like me. And he's like, Oh, where did you get that idea? Or can you blame them or whatever? And it's, it, it's funny. And I guess it fits his asshole character. And like, that's it. Like, is it Luke? It's not the Luke I know, but I don't right. know him for the last 30 years. So, so this, that might Luke, be Luke, this Luke's an asshole <laughs> or he's not, but I mean like this Luke is more sarcastic. That's it. So, I just got, you know, you just kind of have to roll with it, I guess. Like, do I agree with you that there was parts where I go, eh, I don't know if Luke would do it, but I don't know Luke anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good point. That yeah. is a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, there was something that uh, when when the figure arts toy was announced and I saw it on the foosh, you sent it to me, and I was like, did you read this article? And you're like, no. I said, don't, because there's a spoiler. 
Um, it was a, because I I don't know. I need to I need to get that visual dictionary um, because maybe this is in it. But when you when you first they show Luke's hut, there's a necklace hanging and it has a red crystal from it. And um, the they took idea, the time to keep that shot in. Yes, and they did, and it was there, and I saw it. A lot of people didn't see it or realize. I, did, what it, I saw it the second time. Right. So a lot of people didn't realize what it was, but like I knew going into it that maybe he had Vader's kyber crystal, which makes sense. You know, he de- deconstructed Vader's lightsaber after after what happened in Return of the Jedi. Um, but this this kind of bothers me. A, you're putting it in as an Easter egg, but you have. Vader's grandson, who is completely obsessed with him, who wants all these dark side artifacts, who wants Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, who wants this, wants that. So why isn't it more... I guess maybe he doesn't know he has it. Maybe it'll play a role later. Maybe Kylo will go to the island. I don't know. I always was like, well, Kylo's lightsaber is broken. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if he got Vader's kyber crystal and put it in there and it was like... This insane, awesome lightsaber uh, fixed. I don't know, whatever. But um, maybe it'll play a part later. But I, I really was kind of like, oh, well, it's just there. I didn't, I didn't dwell on it. I can understand no. where you're coming from for sure because it's obviously a pretty powerful piece of force or uh, Jedi Sith whatever artifact. Um, but I didn't think about it too much. I, maybe it was just an Easter egg just for the sake of going, eh, do you guys see what that is? You know what I mean? Like he's got the compass that leads him to at Choto or whatever as well. Um, is that from, is there something in Battlefront 2 with that? What? The, the compass? compass? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you anything. So... What did you want to do? You want to go on to these things? Uh, I just want to do Leia's force power and how we because we didn't really talk about that yet. Uh, we um, didn't. Yeah, so when Leia gets sucked into space, she and she all of a sudden is able to use the force. Um, which you know what I can easily explain to myself as being the daughter of Vader, um, that she you can know, do what she wants, she can do it subconsciously, maybe just you know, save her own life. Um, not knowing it, but it was it was a very weird scene to me too, as you said, like Princess Leia, space vampire. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like Seavage liked it. I still am not in like with it. It's it's it's. Who am I to say what a force power is and what it isn't? You know what I mean, like. If you watched A New Hope and then you saw Return of the Jedi, you wouldn't know that Force Lightning is a thing. You wouldn't know you, that, was it, Dioxys is a thing. Jumping really high is a thing. Like, you wouldn't know any of those things are Force powers until you see them in the movies. So her being able to, I don't know, put herself into like a weird mental cocoon that saves her life through space is a Force power? Sure. Okay. But that one was the only one where I just kind of felt like, because it's never been established that Leia can do any of those things. That's it. Like if Luke did it, I probably wouldn't have said shit. I, I would have been like, Oh, well, well, fucking Luke. Apparently that's what he learned in the last 30 years. Leia, you've given me a couple books. Um, You know, you've given me some looks at her over the last 30 years so that I just, 
it's it's cool. I didn't want her to die. Um, and for that, I'm very happy. But I I don't know. I'm still not a hundred percent on on board with the space vampire scene. <laughs> I you know to and she's not unconscious it. either, dude. She does wake up. Oh, in space she wakes up. Yeah, she does. Okay, then never mind. Um, yeah. You know what? And you you never know what they were gonna do in episode nine with her. With yeah, you know she could have started to really develop her power. She really use a lightsaber. <laughs> not I even just. I you know, not that. I think that you know her her political power and all that stuff comes from the force. You know her her strengths and her ability to like probably like <laughs> make people do what she really wants. You know, I mean her persuasion. You know. Yeah. You could always play it that way. So I mean, it's a weird scene. That's that's why I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, it is. It's just, yeah, that's it. It is. Um, I'd be happy to hear you guys' thoughts on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's try to bang these out a little bit here. If we can. Um, some of them we already talked about actually. So, yeah, actually, most of these we talked about as far as like things that people didn't like. We talked about the humor and the fuel and race parentage and Snoke and all that stuff. But the one thing that I really want to talk about um, is I, I guess this actually, these, these two have to do with race parentage. So race parentage was the big thing. Like I, I actually read somebody say like you use race parentage as like a marketing tool in order to get people to buy tickets to the movie. Like oh, for the last two years you've been you've been building this up. They have, no, no, no. You weren't gonna buy the Star Wars tickets in the first place. Well, no, but like they haven't. People go, no. who are race parents? Who's race parents? And JJ and everybody else are just kind of like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like they they have to answer the questions because they're getting asked it. But it's like they're not the ones who are like, oh, race parents are these huge fucking thing. It's you. It's your brain. It's you as a a shitty uh, Star Wars troll who needed Ray's parents to mean something to you, and that's that's why it was important to you. Uh, I just want to step it back a little bit because we, I mean, we did the same thing. We speculated, but we're mature of enough not. We we're not. We're mature enough not to be assholes about it. That's there's a fine line there. We're you know mature I mean? enough to know that the explanations they gave us, we accept it. Like, of course, we had speculations that it's Palpatine or it's Obi-Wan's kid or whatever. But the point of this movie is anyone can be a hero um, and anyone can come from nothing and be a hero. And as I wrote down, I have the quote here. And I just got to bring it up. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. The old ways are not the new ways. And you can respect the past, but you shouldn't let it dictate your life. Like things are going to change. So that being said, my, my two big points to this argument about race parentage are what Chris mentioned before that Disney, since the new Canon has been happening, have been, they've been getting away from Sith and Jedi. They don't even mention it really in any of the Canon um, character being uh, Ezra from rebels he is a street urchin from lothal who has shitty parents 
who happens to have force powers. His, no, his parents were not shitty. His parents were, they were rebels. They're, they're, they're in the rebels, but they're not. They're not uh, shitty like Ray's parents. They're not shitty like Quote, unquote, drunks. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> who, who sold no, they, they were, food. They were, they were, they were important people, you know, but they, they weren't. Jedi. They weren't Sith. They weren't force users. Sorry. So he's, he's a nobody. And then going back to, to the George Lucas times with the prequels, you have the younglings. These are people from all over the galaxy, from all different species, alien, human, whatever, who awake with force powers. We don't know about their parents. We don't know who Kit Fisto's parents are. We don't ask who she Palpatine's powers are, who seemingly are endless powers. You know what I mean? Where's Yoda's parents? Like We don't ask these questions, but all of a sudden... These fans put so much stake into Ray's parents more than anybody else, more than Mace Windu's parents. Like, I'm sure that it's just, it's just like, and someone made this point and I have to agree as a Harry Potter fan, like Hermione came from muggle parents and she just happened to be a wizard. That's it. She just happened to fucking be a wizard. That's a good one. So you, you don't, you don't, you don't question it. You know, it's just that, these, the force is in all of us. Obi-Wan says it. It's what binds the galaxy together. It penetrates us, it surrounds us, blah, blah, blah. Like, it is what it is. And it awakens in some people. Some people, like, cheer it, use it to kind of see. Some people, like Maz, use it to push people away. But, like, some people pick up a lightsaber and wield it. And that's it. But the force is in all of us. It just shows itself in different ways. It's a great, that's a great example there with Maz or the, the Bendu or, you know, yeah. all these, these force sensitive creatures or, or, or characters that they, they don't have any alignment. They just, they exist and they have a certain special set of skills, um, but <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't have to be Jedi. You know, they don't have to be. Jedi um, is a religion. It's not right. a, it's not a person. It's it also, you know what it also does? <laughs> this movie helps me kind of deal with the fact that there was two Jedi running around during the Civil War time and nobody really like batted an eye almost. It's like you can almost like with, you know, with Kanan and Ezra. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's it, that always was kind of weird to me. Now it's like, you know what? If it just, it takes, all the it takes that holding the Jedi on high thing and brings it down. And so I, I agree. So the so there's a little bit of weirdness in the sense that like when you're a Jedi, you're taught to find the Kyber crystal and turn it into your lightsaber. That is a Jedi thing to do. Chirrut's not doing that. Maz isn't doing it. So these two people who take kyber crystals and turn them into into forces of of power in their lightsabers that is still a little weird that they existed which means they kind of have to die in order to not show up in the galaxy for episode 4 right. but now i'm sorry so that aside people can still have a broom make it look like a lightsaber but there's still some fucking work you got to do. Like Ray's still like if her, so she doesn't have a lightsaber right now. Right. 
her lightsaber is broken, uh, right. Anakin's lightsaber is broken. So she's going to have to go through the book of the wills in order to learn how to construct a lightsaber. There's no way around it. Like that's it. And that's a Jedi thing to do or a Sith thing to do. Um, so. But Luke said she's the last Jedi. For now, until she trains some other ones. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I guess what I want to say with all that is race parentage means nothing. It does not mean anything. Please take it if you listen to this podcast that they're not going to explain it any further. JJ would be stupid to retcon it. It really means nothing because it won't change the way that this character develops. If she's a Kenobi or she's a Skywalker or she's a Windu, like it, do- it doesn't change anything. She is a person who has force powers and they just happen to be ranging on the more extraordinary side of things. That's it. That's yeah, it. I would, I would be upset if you reckoned it. I would be so upset. I, I think more people would, the people who really do like this movie would be more upset with that. Yep. Um, so that being said, what do you, what do you think is going to happen for the next one? And I don't want to spend too much time because clearly anything we speculated for the last two years didn't mean a goddamn thing when it came to this movie. Yeah, no. Um, with, you know, as I said before, it really looked like episode nine was really going to be Leia's story and, and how, how she and the rest of them were going to really rebuild you know, the resistance is dead. They said, here's the new rebel Alliance and how that, you know, it was going to be about her mirroring the past and, and, and bring it all into the, the forefront. So we have Han's movie was episode seven. We had Luke's movie episode eight. Now it would have been Leia's movie. That's why I think your, your idea about the recasting is, is, is they got to do it. A person. Uh, so. It's very, it's, it, it could be very valid. And I would, I wouldn't be upset they did that. Um, yeah, they said they're not going to CGI her. Um, no, I, I, uh, she's smart. So I, I, you know, who do they get to do it? I don't know, but I trust in Disney, and I personally think that it would be the better choice. Um, yep. Who brings balance to the force? I read something where the death of Snoke and then the death of Luke was, was necessary as bringing more balance to the force. It's kind of a weird thing. Is there balance in the force now? Yes. We have, we have Ray and we have Kylo, but there was already balance. If you had Luke and Snoke, where does jet, uh, sorry, where does Leia fit in? Uh, space vampire. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I, I don't know. This whole, I, this is only something I read. I don't agree right. with it. I just it's it's kind of interesting that um, now we have one very strong, one dark, one very strong light. Um, so we do have this balance again. And if we're going to kill the past, we're going to see this growth of the light because um, Snoke says something very very uh, meaningful. It's like darkness rises and light to meet it. So that's that's always the balance of Star Wars. Um, so. There is there is balance again, but I mean it's not it's not a, it's not a theme like it was with the other trilogies, but it it does exist there in a way. So I don't one hundred percent agree, and the reason why is because we see a macrocosm of this galaxy. 
we see the Skywalkers. Clearly, there's a ton more uh, Force users out in this world, right? Right. Like, even Luke taking these kids and training them into a new Jedi Order, if he took 12, he said he took a dozen, um, to become new users, like, maybe one of them, well, Ben clearly had the potential to go bad. The other Knights of Ren clearly had the potential to go bad. I don't know where there is a balance. You know what I mean? Like, they say that Luke Skywalker at that time would be bring balance to the Force. Well, now we know that there's a lot more than just a Luke Skywalker as a Jedi, as a return of the Jedi. There's a lot fucking more Force users. So I don't know what brings balance to this Force because I don't know how many dark and light characters there are out in the world. We only see two of them. Or we just kill the past. (laughs) And if we do kill the past, then again, then don't just say that there's a balance in the force. Like that idea right. doesn't exist anymore. That right. idea of a chosen one does not exist. It, it I agree. Can't be. I agree. Um. So, I mean, we said it before. Like J.J. Uh, Abrams almost has an open slate with this movie. This movie felt like a finality. It could have ended. We wouldn't have known what. Uh, what's his name? Like Kylo was going to do, but it also felt like it was the spark of the rebellion. It was, it could have ended and we would have had a, a satisfying movie, but now JJ really has, he can go off on, on the rebels. He can go off on Kylo rise to power. He can go off on Ray training people. He can do, you know, uh, Poe running the rebellion. Like we, we have so many different roads that we can go off of. It's it's nice. It's nice to know that he has like a clean uh, slate to do this. Absolutely, um, and I think that any kind of like um, shit he got for the Force Awakens being too much like a Star Wars film. <laughs> I mean, he now I I really am excited to see what he does with Episode Nine because um, you know Star Trek is one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. Um, so. <laughs> He knows how he knows how to make like something special, and and he's a very creative mind, and I'm glad that um, that Colin motherfucker is not on this movie. So <laughs> it makes me very happy because I hate that guy. <laughs> um, sure, thanks, thanks for rooting Jurassic Park for me for the rest of my yeah, life. Thank you. Um, you you wrote down this, and I already emphatically say no. But does does Ryan Johnson build his new trilogy out of this movie? I these are my ideas. These okay. are things that these are like the balance thing. I read an article. Um, it's it's the it's the only speculation that's going around these days. After everybody just wants to stop speculating because they're all proven wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't think so. I think that they're going to do something completely away from everything they've done. I mean, I think he goes, I think he does old Republic. I do. I think, I think that Ryan Jensen is a very smart person. I think that he clearly respects the original trilogy so much that he really did mirror this film more than JJ Abrams did in the force awakens. Um, in the sense of using these themes, like I said, with Obi-Wan 
saying uh, how the force binds us and everything, how uh, o- or, uh, Yoda said, you must unlearn what you have learned. You must pass on what you've done. Like he really took like these central themes that were, that were integral in star Wars and, and put them out into the forefront. I think that he's going to take us back and show us the beginning of the Sith and the Jedi. At least that's my hope. I could be completely wrong. He could just show us a, a bounty hunter story or a smuggler story. And it could be a trilogy based off of some shit in the outer rim, but that has nothing to do with Skywalkers. And I hope it does. But per- personally, I like to see some movies set way, 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 way in the past. It's time. There's, you know, some of the best, some of the best stories from, you know, Star Wars expanded universe came from that time period. I mean, some three great video games um, and people, they want it, you know, and we need it uh, yeah. in this new canon. So, uh, cause we don't have it and there's nothing to say that, uh, I mean, it's still up in the air whether or not they will kind of, and if say Johnson doesn't do this, that they will maybe retcon and say that this old Republic's, these old Republic stories are part of canon. So believe them. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my number one want. Um, so the, uh, the other ones I'm not too sure yet. <laughs> I don't want to speculate anymore. No, no. <laughs> Maybe so, I do because then when you're like totally like shocked by like something like the last Jedi, it, it just means so much more to you, you know, and it's, it's, it's true. Amazing. So, and so where can you find us? We are don't forget a towel.com uh, movies, TV shows, toys, video games. We'd love them. We'd love them all. So uh, we write articles about them. We review them on a daily basis. So uh, if you want your geekly news, come check us out. Absolutely. And uh, on social media, it's don't forget a towel or defat towel on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we put a lot of news on there as well. And if you're listening to us, um, Stitcher is really good. If you're an Android user, uh, if you use the iTunes, um, podcast app, you can rate and review us, share us with your friends. And, uh, we always take emails at don't forget to tell one at gmail.com, or if you have any show ideas or you just want to express your own thoughts on the last Jedi, we're, we're open to, we're open to hearing about it. But, um, yeah, this is, this is, this is Casey saying, uh, Unlearn what you have learned. (laughs) This is Chris saying thank you, Ryan Johnson. And may the force be with you.